Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Goodbye, University. Welcome, everyone, to one of our special guest calls of January 2017. I'm really excited for all of us to get to know Tom Wells better. I don't know Tom super well. I know, you know, there is something I know about Tom that um, I can't say about any other man in my life. This is something I've never experienced or shared with any other male, not my best friend, not my husband, not my boyfriend, not even my dad. What Tom and I have in common is that we have shared passwords. <laughs> but uh, seriously, Tom, when I think about when I think about you, I have the suspicion that you hold a couple of keys to my own raised consciousness and raised awareness. I think you can take me and others places that I've never gone before. And I'm pretty excited to get some insights into your perspectives on life and um, what we're all doing here, what it's all about. Not to <laughs> set you up for some really big questions, but I did call this call Deep Dive with Tom Wells. Before I ask you to share about yourself, I'm going to invite you to take us through a little, um, I don't know whether to call it a guided meditation or visualization, but I'm going to turn the microphone over to you for that, and then we'll do an official intro. Okay. Um, what I wanted to do, because I, in my life, have learned for my own self that it's really wonderful and beautiful to be connected to the unseen realm, as I'm sure many people on the call, you know, all of you probably have a way, many ways that you connect to the unseen realm. We all listen to Abraham. Of course, we that's connecting to the unseen realm constantly, and they talk about it constantly. So I've worked with a number of shamans and um, been meditating for 45 years, uh, had a teacher from India. And um, I just feel like to take a moment in the beginning here and to, First of all, I want to just thank everyone for being here today and, and ask that we all take a moment to sort of slow down. Um, I know that there's so many things that we're all trying to accomplish every day. and Some of us are going faster than others. But maybe for this hour, we could call our source self together with each other, that divine, infinite part of us, and we could align that with the unseen realm of whoever it is that you speak to or that speaks to you throughout the day that gives those impulses in your ears and in your heart to choose the next most wonderful thing every day throughout your day that is feels good to you, that in this hour together, however long we have, that we call in all of those wonderful ancestors and those wonderful relatives, you might say, in that realm you know, of our source self, of our infinite source self, and calling that infinite part of us, and that we might unite in this vortex, you know, that it's, I was reading a thing of Abraham that said, this vortex is exponential, it's, it's all of us always putting into it together, so what we all receive back is always exponentially multiplied, 
And I feel like this is a, a wonderful way to remember who we are and how we can learn from each other and grow together, be co-creators during this hour. So I just uh, wanted to say that. You know, I have uh, a little hummingbird here, a little symbol from my uh, altar that I, you know, do some nice things that every morning. And that, that hummingbird just represents the joy of bringing our messages alive in the world, of bringing our gifts alive in the world. So just wanted to ask you all to take just a minute and let's just be with our breath just for a minute and then we can resume. So just notice your breath and feel the letting go, the relaxation into trusting in that infinite self that we all have that's who we really are. So thank you. I like this call already, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I know that you. there are some here who might be familiar with you. Um, you and I have been playing a little bit together in other circles for a while, but I think for most GVU members, they won't be familiar with who you are and what you're up to. So I would love it if we started off this call, if you just shared a little bit about yourself, about what would be good for us to know to get a feel for who you are and what you're doing in the world? Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I wrote on a bio I wrote recently. I said um, that a lot of my friends say that guy really marches to the beat of his own drummer. And uh, I think that that sort of sums up a lot of who I am. I'm, I'm just a person who ever since college um, started following a path of least resistance and most allowance to do things I really loved in my life. Um, taking all the classes in college that I wanted to take that really turned my crank and then that just drove me right out of college because I was having too much fun and I was on the road as a hippie for years. Well, just for a few years. But I but I got exposed to beautiful things, you know, yoga and vegetarianism and astrology and so many things. And I played play guitar and had a rock band and I guess I, I've just done a lot throughout my life. Um, like I've never worked more than 100 days a year for my whole adult life, you know, and I've always made the money I need to make. And and I've just had so many wonderful experiences with nature and with um, people and with, you know, mountain biking and hiking and river rafting, and guitar and things like that. And not that I haven't struggled and not that I haven't haven't suffered. And I was married and raised three kids, uh, three stepkids I raised from the time they were little. And um, so things really changed a lot after I got divorced. <laughs> and um, I've been, you know, going through a lot of the dark night of the soul journey for the last, over the last six years. But it's been totally mitigated and changed by my work with shamanism and my work with law of attraction. So um, I'm basically a person who just is always seeking the answer to the question, how can I dance my way through life? How can I find my own unique song and sing it 
and harmonize that song with the song of the universe, you might say, you know, how can I how can I resonate with all the beauty that it has been created in this universe and in this world where we come on this adventure, um, you know, where's the always the silver lining? Where's that thread of beauty that I can follow? So briefly that's that's who I am as a person who's just always striving to know that, to do that and to be on the leading edge of my own creative possibilities. Mm-hmm. I And that feels like knowing yourself as someone who dances through life really sets you up for success in that. I love thinking that thought about you and about myself as well. So I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the things you've studied. I know you've studied a lot of things, but uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. In fact, maybe even... As you share, because you listed yoga, vegetarianism, and some other cool things, but you—that's one of the things that I'm most intrigued about. That's where you've been in life, as far as what you've, what information you've gleaned from other disciplines and cultures that we might not be privy to. Maybe you could actually share something that stands out most for you, that you remembered most, or was most impactful on your worldview or who you are as a person through those studies? Hmm. Well, I suppose I can only say the most impactful thing has been the uh, 40 years I spent with this teacher from India because, um, you know, he had one essential message, which is, you know, he showed a way to meditate and he says, go within and within your breath lies everything that you're looking for and everything that you want. That That's the way the human is created is to be totally connected to their breath. And that's where spirit lives. And so the techniques of meditation that I've always done connect me to my breath. And and then, you know, he basically doesn't have any philosophy or any teachings. He just says, you know, your life is, you're here for joy. You're here for the beauty of this life experience and to just let that joy rip, you know, just get into it as fully as you possibly can. And... So I think that was the most dominant experience in my life, obviously because it affected me from age 23 to age um, 60 or so, that, that that's how I lived my life from that place. And I could say that during that period, I can't think of any dark nights of the soul that I went through. You know, I didn't suffer with depression. I didn't suffer with, um, you know, any any great difficulties during that time. So there was something beautiful about all that, obviously, but I outgrew it. I outgrew the way he explained it because I was I was giving too much of my power to him and wasn't owning enough of my own ability to express who I am. You know, like I say, my unique song. Hmm. So that's that's the biggest thing. And there's been other things in the last six years um, since I've haven't been with him so much the last seven years that I that I can attribute, you know amazing things to, especially a teacher, shaman who lives in New Mexico. Uh, he was a shaman in Guatemala. Uh, his name is Martin Prechtel, and I did four years of study with him at his school in New Mexico, and, you know, just 20 days a year, actually, but two different times I would go down there each year. But he taught about the indigenous soul and how all of us has an indigenous soul that is so connected to this Mother Earth, to this Pachamama, that that we don't have almost any idea anymore about 
who our life, what our life source really is in terms of our connection to our food and to nature, you know, to the earth, to what's wild in this world that is giving life to this whole world, you know, that thing that is sustaining us. Um, and he taught that in, a, in such a vast myriad ways where he helped me understand the indigenous beauty of cultures all over the world, you know. I mean, I must have bought over 200 CDs of music from indigenous and ethnic cultures all around the world that I put together and put on all these dances in Boulder, Colorado, where I live, you know, using that music from all over the world. So there's just such richness, you know, in the human being. He teaches the dignity and the magnificence of the human being. He says, that's what I'm teaching, that, 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 that we've lost track with how magnificent it is to be a human being because, you know, modern culture has kind of made things a little more superficial, a lot more superficial than maybe what our ancestors knew in their connection to the earth and to each other. You said something the other day that I wrote down. I liked it so much. It was along the lines of, we are the angels we've been waiting for. I wonder if that's representative of that teaching that you just shared from that Guatemalan shaman. Yeah, I mean, that just came out somehow in that conversation. I thought it was pretty funny that <laughs> it did. But I, but it's true. I mean, you know, we we whoever we're looking for, you know, some people love fairies, some people love aliens, some people love Jesus, some people love Buddha, some people love, you know, whatever animal spirits, you know, it's like, but all of it is, is us. And that's the amazing thing, I think, that we're on this journey. I feel like this call is another step on the journey to, to allowing those beautiful beings to speak through us and to and to inform us about what we're doing here on this planet. Um, you know, what's um, Abraham said once uh, and several months ago, I was listening to this thing, and they said, you know, you would like to believe that you're all from some other planet, you know, and you're just here on this planet by accident. And they said, it's not the case, you're from this place. And I thought, that's a pretty powerful thing to hear Abraham say, that we're from this place. Um, so I just want to What do you to, think to that means, Tom? What does that mean that we're from this place? Like what, what well, does that in mean? Well, in the sense of in the sense of like the magic the magic of what this place is. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we are you know, like in quantum physics they talk about more more fields. Like there's a morphic field you could call the Democratic Party, there's a morphic field you could call the Catholic Church. There's a morphic field you could call the family you grew up in. But it's like it's the energy bodies, it's the energy radiation vibration of that people have established, that, that animals establish, that trees establish. And there's a morphic field here that, that our bodies are totally connected to. And and to to divorce our, our spirit from that, to divorce our mind from that is I think maybe not the direction we want to go that maybe we want to embrace the fact that there's an amazing gift here in this earth itself and in our morphic relation to it, our, vibra our vibratory connection to it. Does that okay, make sense? Okay, so it does make sense, and it makes me wonder about the role of, of our soul and source, because if, if, I were look, if I were asking from a big picture perspective, where am I from, I might answer that by saying source. But obviously, source is bigger than planet Earth. So what I just heard you say is 
that, you know, this planet is a morphic field that our bodies are intimately connected with and honoring that connection would enhance our experience here. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that maybe we've forgotten. You know, because if you look at our ancestors who've been here for, some say, over a million years, some say two million years, some say 250,000 years, but however long humans have been doing this here, there's a morphic field that, you know, that in quantum physics you could say we're just all creating this. You know, we're creating it every second. But what, but what are we doing this particular lifetime on this particular place, on this particular planet? Maybe we're going to be in other lifetimes and other forms on other planets, on other places in the universe. Abraham has certainly indicated that all of that is most likely not only possible but likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as long as I'm here, I guess the thing is that yeah. I look at what is health. You know, what, you know, if you wanted to have a healthy body, you would look at how am I resisting the health that's already in my body. All my cells are aligning with source constantly. So how are how are all the humans and trees and and robins and squirrels aligning with this planet all the time and its vibratory field you might say and I'm just feeling that there's a great beauty in that that we're missing that's all and maybe it's stupid to say in terms of Abraham that we're missing anything you know because that's that's what's up for missing something right but I guess it's a fullness you know it's saying it's saying if if you could be on the leading edge of your creative possibilities, would this be part of it? And I'm only throwing that out, you know, because I think it is part of it for me. But is it mm-hmm. part of it for you? I don't, I don't really know. You know. That's so cool. Well, you're already touching on one of the first questions I had on my list for you, which is, um, you know, what do the indigenous cultures know that we don't know? What do the shamans know that we don't know? It feels like you're already touching on that. Do you have anything else to add to that? Well, that's a that's a topic you know you could pursue for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> what 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 do they know that I don't know? I mean, if you've ever done, I've done plant medicine a few times, with, like with the Ashwar Indians down in the rainforest of Ecuador. And when you do that plant medicine, you definitely get tapped into what what they know that we don't know. <laughs> what what we don't know, you know, because because there are realms um, realms within realms within realms of of beauty, and and every single realm. Um, is a way of knowing ourselves as a personality, as a soul, as a body. I mean, everything that we are, you know, can be known through these through these realms of discovery. And I think the indigenous people know that they live in in mythological time. And this is spoken about by a lot of authors today, and a lot of people have done work with plant medicine and with just simply mythology. Um, knowing that there is, and, and of course, quantum physicists are talking about this too. Like there's this, there's this time that is not really linear time. You know, it doesn't really exist from, in a straight line. It exists, it folds back in upon itself. Uh, the shaman in New Mexico said life is actually spirals. And if you look at um, sacred geometry and you see all these geometric forms, you know, like in crop circles, um, mm-hmm. all this stuff. All this stuff is like intrinsically built into our DNA, into our cells. You know, I mean, how can it be that every cell in our body has a trillion, over a trillion functions? What? Trillion? I right. mean, every cell in right. our body? Well, that, that you, we, number one, we can't grasp what that means. And number right. two, in, in quantum time, in mythological time, what's that saying is, to me, is that there's so many 
um, possibilities for expansion and for um, you know cre- creative growth here that that we that you know that in Indian Hindu mythology they call this the darkest age you know that this is this is the time when we are the most confused <laughs> and now we're coming into what they call Sat Yuga going from Kali Yuga to Sat Yuga Sat Yuga is the age of truth Sat means we're going into this time of like ascension into this realization that we are divine beings. We are infinite beings. And that's okay. what the indigenous people knew. Is this a 2012 I, thing when you say going from and into? Is that Was that marked by 2012 or or, or, or not? I didn't study any of that. I didn't okay. follow that. Okay. I, I know that that's what they talked about. Yeah, I think that's a lot what they talked about. But it's a, something I think that's happening every second. You know, it's like, mm. are we, are we, ascending are we are we moving into our infinite self i mean it's something that i try to remind myself all day long is do i do i remember am i remembering am i noticing am i allowing myself to be an infinite being or am i acting thinking and behaving as i'm still incredibly limited by a ton of things you know mm-hmm. and that's to me going from an age of darkness to an age of light right in the period of you know five minutes um you know wow. choosing to feel good yeah. with you know, I get it. But but wow, it's unlimited. That's that's open ended from then on. And I think if you were to go like this guy was in an indigenous tribe in the rainforest, and he was the first person from his tribe to leave and go, and he actually went and went to college. He came back and he went back to his village in the middle of the rainforest, and he went on a walk to the places that they were hanging out along the river with the children and everybody, and he sat there for a few hours and realized he was no longer there. He had he had lost by his Western programming of his intellect in this linear analytical fashion. He had lost his relationship with that place and those people. He could no longer mm. understand what they were experiencing there. Why were they mm. spending eight hours a day at the waterfall? You know, well, mm. you know, they they were living in a mythological time where where their their experience of feeling good was off the friggin' charts. You know, that <laughs> that experience of being connected was so friggin' wonderful that it's no wonder that when anthropologists study indigenous people, they never can find anything they call work that lasts more than three hours a day, you know, because and that's probably gathering firewood and fixing some food and, and saying things like that. But mm-hmm. it's like those people, those people know because they live in nature. If you, I go and spend a lot of time sitting in nature. Like this summer, I probably sat out on a stream up in the mountains here in different meadows and places for probably a total of several hundred hours. And I do that because it merges me with with who I am. You know, that's the big, one of the best ways to merge with who I am is to spend a whole bunch of time in nature essentially doing nothing except letting that trance envelop me, you know, just like when I go dancing. I do conscious freestyle dance and I get into a trance where the, my body's being danced. You know, it's just amazing. It's like I love it because it's my unique dance, but I'm dancing it because I let go so much to the music and I get rid of self-consciousness and I pray to all my relations to do the dance through me. And I feel like that's who we are. You know, we're we're these, we're these incredibly happy beings, you know, so joyful that it's just a shame in a way that we're living in a world that, you know, we have to try so hard, but we don't, you know, it's like we're learning to give that all up, you know. Amen to that. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, when we were 
talking recently, you said something along the lines of that this is an amazing thing happening here. <laughs> uh, that is still ringing through my head, and it makes me wonder your take on who are we and why are we here? Like, what is this all about? <laughs> Well, <laughs> not I to throw any Abraham, big questions your way, Tom, but <laughs> no, you know the answer. You know the answer. I could ask you that question, and you you could go on for five or ten minutes easily. I mean, maybe an hour or two. <laughs> you know, who are we? What we're doing here is we're here to celebrate. This mm-hmm. we're here to you know, like there's this Navajo elder that said this beautiful thing to his daughter when she was like messed up on drugs when she was 16 years old, and she didn't know how to follow in the traditions of her tribe. She hadn't been taught the traditional ways. And yet her grandfather took her aside. And he said this one thing to her that changed her entire life. And it, I've taken it as almost my motto in life. And that is, honey, we're born into beauty as beauty for a joyful life. And that right there, if you think about it, beauty, so if you start looking around, what if, what if our main occupation was to appreciate beauty? What if our main occupation was to enjoy and appreciate the beauty as it shows up in myriad forms constantly? And like the shaman in New Mexico taught, we've forgotten how to use our hands to make beauty. He said humans for centuries, forever, used their hands all day long and sat and made beautiful things. And that beauty was a way to say to the holy that lives in this world, this is an awesome gift. Thank you so much. Let me bring more beauty alive myself. I've been given five fingers on each hand. I've been given this incredibly astute mind. I, I could I can make beautiful, beautiful things. And so, you know, that's what the shaman had us do in New Mexico. He would lecture all morning long, and every afternoon we would make beautiful things with our hands, whether it was moccasins or a baskets or whatever it was. But he would say, look, this is what people have been doing here on this planet. This is what they've been doing with their time. They haven't been creating businesses and running corporations and, you know, maybe playing football. You know, that's a lot of fun. But, you know, it's it's to have fun. I mean, the indigenous people are massively huge in the games. You know, it's like it's like they know that it's about having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's about everything that Abraham says. You know, we're here to have a ton, a ton of fun and to make beauty and to then you know, just nurture each other and uplift each other constantly, right? I mean... Yeah, I'm not super familiar with Sufism. Just from what Lisa's mentioned it, something about, like, your your divine practice is to love life or to take pleasure in living or something along those lines. And it feels Mm. like that's a level of commitment or focus that yeah we are certainly far away from here in our traditional living so that's that's how i wonder what well you already gave us an insight i said i wonder what having studied all this how it translates and how into your daily life right here and now but you already shared that like you spent a couple hundred hours just in nature so it it feels like you are you are practicing uh, much of the wisdom that you've picked up along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's why I only worked 100 hours a year for every year of my adult life that I worked, and I only worked from the age 33 on. I mean, before that, I was a director in a nonprofit, so I didn't call that work because I just got to run communities of people all over the country, and that was Mm -hmm. just fun all day long. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even my the work I did was pretty fun too. But um, I guess what was your question? Um, just well, I was kind of wondering how do you translate oh. the things that you have learned and seen others practice? How does that show up in a daily life here? Like you know, in the way we operate, like paying bills and what? presidential elections <laughs> and that sort of thing. Well, I dodge a lot of that by just keeping it on the minimum. You know, my mm-hmm. I don't watch any TV or news or get a newspaper. I haven't in, in several years. But um, not that I don't find out about things through Facebook and stuff or talking to friends and things. Um, I just don't put my focus on the things that don't feel as good to me. And, I, and if I do them, I do them in the best way that they can feel good to me, you know, when I am paying bills or doing the taxes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a constant... I feel like I'm constantly on the leading edge of my possibilities, and you could say in the old way I would feel challenged by the fact of my past conditioning, as we all are, you know, which my past conditioning says, you know, that this world is this way, and, you know, I was raised in the modern world, so I think Mm -hmm. that hard work and striving and all that stuff is necessary to get my results and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm learning, and I've learned already through a huge amount of my life that it's being still and being connected within to my breath and being connected to nature and doing meditation. And, I mean, I stop during the day three or four times and I just sit and I and I follow my breath for 10 minutes um, and I let myself reconnect to source. So I'm just looking for ways constantly to reconnect to source. And I'm always asking myself, am I doing the thing that I feel uniquely called to do Am I following my bliss? You know, like like Joseph Campbell said, if if people would just follow their bliss, it would be a really different world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been on that journey ever since college, you know, when I realized I could take all these classes I really loved, when I realized I could hit the road and hitchhike all over the place and have a blast being a hippie, I just realized that, that there is such a thing as just following your bliss. And then working for that teacher from India that was following my bliss, the job I had was pretty blissful because I was self-employed. You know, I traveled through the Intermountain West. I did nothing but visit college professors for 30 years and just talk with them. I had, you know, I had a lot of fun. And I get lonely and I get all kinds of things and I needed to have a partner and I found a partner and I needed to have kids and I got kids and these things. And, and I've struggled, you know, in all kinds of little places where we all struggle. But it's always, always in the context of, Am I pursuing my unique dance? Am I am I singing my unique song I came here to sing? Am I following my genius, my passion? Um, and I just I and then I say the modern world will it'll just have to adjust for that. The modern the modern world needs creative it needs creative visionaries, right? It needs creative visionaries like all the people on this call, you know, and. Uh, but we need it more than the world. You know, it's like Abraham said, you don't do this for other people. You do this. You have to transform yourself. This is what it's all about. So I'm constantly transforming myself, and I feel like I'm just this infinite being who's on the leading edge of my own transformation, and all the worldly things are all malleable. I mean, if I I got sinusitis really bad in Candida a number of years ago, and I've been working on it now for seven years, but I'm I'm slowly eliminating all the symptoms by aligning more and more with my healthy self, letting my cells align and take and letting those symptoms go away, go away, go away, go away. And that's what I just feel like this whole 
world of um, where people struggle and where we've made it difficult and where we've made, you know, things so strange in politics and all this stuff that that we just have to each as each we each step into our personal power, then that other stuff is just um, it's it'll it'll just change just like my sinus symptoms went away, you know, mm-hmm. just by focusing on my health. Mhm. Wow. Okay. So you are um, you are a very conscious creator. I'm wondering what your take is on what. This is a question for the rest of us, I guess. We'll benefit from your take on this. What do you think is missing in most conscious creators' practices? Because you've been around enough to know what the way most of us roll. What? What do? Is that a is that a question that's possible to answer? Well, I suppose I. I mean, the thing that comes to me first is that I can really only answer for myself because I feel like like I'm learning so much about conscious creation. I'm learning a ton from you because I feel like you've got that, a lot of that figured out. Um, I feel like the biggest thing that's missing is is faith that I'm, um, that that's who I really am, that mm-hmm. I that I just, that I'm here as a conscious creator. That's my whole being in the universe, you know? So whether I leave this body and go to another form, it's still going to be, from, at least from what I'm getting from Abraham, I'm going to still be a conscious creator. And so um, for me, it's like every day just the thing that's that's missing ever is simply faith in the fact that that's the way it is. You know? mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, I do a lot just to get that faith, you know, um, that thing of quit taking score so much that, that it's not the way you want it. You know, um, you know, yeah. and and start and that thing of living in it as if it is 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 huge. I mean, for me, that's been it, it. Still, is my biggest step is is to really live in the place of already being the being that I want to be. You know, um, mm-hmm. and and I love the fact that that's that's really contained in meditation, and, and it's really contained in nature, and it's really contained in um, visualization. Right. And the fact that Abraham said that we are we are that imagination almost it's like quantum physics and Abraham are almost saying imagination is who we actually are. You know, we are, we are imaginatory beings and, um, and it's feeling the energy flowing through us that makes life worth living. You know, that energy of imagination flowing through us is what makes life worth living. Tom, I'm, I'm laughing right now at the visual of like on some other level in some other place in a room of potential recruits to be humans on planet earth i'm a i'm saying this cuz i i briefly dated an air force recruiter uh recently and mm. the way he at first i thought oh my gosh bringing people into the military i wonder what that job is like but his perspective on it and the pitch he gave people they were so excited about it. okay i'm imagining if anyone was thinking about being human on planet Earth, and they heard your talking about it, they'd be lined up in droves to get here. It really appeals the way you just described that. Really, really love that. So, hey, i got to ask you, what do you think is going on with... Does it, I mean, I think you see this as well. I think I've heard you speak to that, that it seems like in the circles you travel in and the circles I travel in, there's a lot of women here. <laughs> What's up with that? And what makes you and Guillaume and Steve and Stephen and Brian, 
what makes you guys different? What's going on with this whole, with this, where are we headed? Why do we see more women there? It seems to me that we see more women there than men. What's up with that? You know, I I haven't known the answer, but I intrinsically feel, like intuitively feel, this thing that I then recently heard described in words by someone who's talking about the Hindu um, way of looking at, at, at it all, and that is that we've been in an age of patriarchal domination, you know, and obviously we could see that in the world through all the empires and all the things that have happened that have been so, you know, led by that male patriarchal, not just male principle, but the patriarch way of looking at things. But um, this this Hindu thing was saying that we are coming back into the recognition of of Pachamama, of our mother, you know, and we're starting to recognize that um, that feminine principle is sort of like the, it's the womb of, of the universe. It's the womb of creativity. It's the womb of life, you know, that, that what the feminine energy is, is so, um, it's so wonderfully transformative and it's so wonderfully nurturing and it's so capable of, what's the word, fecundity, you know, like that thing of, like when I was in the rainforest, I mean, at one point somebody told me that they were looking at me and they saw vines growing out of me everywhere, you know, so some psychic person. And I thought, yeah, that totally makes sense because, you know, I had been doing the plant medicine and, and this thing of like being nurtured and, and it's like we, we worry about the earth and somehow it's the feminine principle that is coming alive. And so all these women stepping into their power is just the most beautiful thing that could happen on the face of the earth. And to me, it almost makes me not worry about anything because wow. I feel like everyone, as every one of you women steps into your power, it's like we're done. It's over. There is nobody that could stop that. That's like trying to stop a baby from being born. Dude, that ain't happening. You know, it's like, it's like we, are, we are going, and you know, you try to stop a mother, you try to try to stop her right. from raising her family. Right. You know, try to like my my wife used to always say, "I'm the mother wolf, and I fight for my kids like a mother wolf." She said, "I will kill for my kids." You know, and I thought, "Go, girl!" You know, it's like that. But, there, but there's such a but the beauty of it. Think about how much beauty is in a woman. I mean, it's just astounding. It's like off the chart. No one, no man can touch that. They can't even they can't even fathom how beautiful a woman is. And I don't care what age she is. But mm-hmm. but it's women who are who are in their in their power. Women who are in their beauty, who 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 love themselves so much that they are full of that. And men are beginning to do that. That's why you see a few men. I mean, I've just been blessed like crazy. My dad was quite in touch with his feminine side, and my brother and I always marvel that. Wow, we're so different than so many of our friends. Why do we do so much to help our wives? Why do why do we care so much about family? And well, our dad was like that, and then wow. and then you see that men men who get that, who understand, you know, that to balance their feminine and their masculine, and you know, Abraham said when they were asked that question, they said we're coming into the time where there will be one gender, you know, that that's where we're moving towards one gender, you know, to where we will no longer have to have this dichotomy, you know, we'll just see that oh yeah, this is in each one of us, and when it's balanced then we all nurture and we all are assertive. We all have that vitality, that strike of lightning, but we also have that incredible ability to receive that lightning. And from when the lightning strikes that earth for those 
plants to all bloom and blossom, you know. And and so we have both of those qualities in us. And I don't know, it's just this beautiful dance. Um, so I'm I'm just grateful as hell that the women are doing it, and I just want them to have free reign. They said this is a time for the men to stand behind the women, you know, and to let them lead. And I'd say let them lead for a few thousand years, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, and we'll we'll get it right, you know. We'll get it right. That's why I kind of wanted to see Hillary, just because she's a woman. You know, I you was know, just wondering. Know. I was just wondering about your take on that. I know you said you know you're not you're not like too tapped into what's going on um, politically or in the news, but I I did see on your Facebook page you had there were a couple of posts that that made me think yeah you're a guy who's paying attention to what's going on like in the modern Muggle world sort of thing. Um, but that may be a different different conversation because I really want to ask you. I want to ask. I want to ask what you do different than everyone else. Like, what's your life practice? I gather that there's some regular meditating. That there's a lot of nature. I'm picking up on the conscious dance. By the way, is that something that you host? I saw on your page. Uh, you, you put something about. Oh, it was a beautiful. Oh my gosh, you guys, this was really, really cool. Tom, do you mind if I read it or do you want to read it from sure. your It was so you cool, you guys. He said overheard at this Sunday's conscious dance. Tom, is that something you host or put together or is that or is that Uh no, I put I put together a number of them, but this was posted by somebody else. Yeah. Okay, cool. It says we created two hundred people come two hundred people come to it every Sunday and they're they're aged between like 20 and 40, mainly, and then a handful of people over 40, but it, I'm one of those handful. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this. You said, we create our realities by what we are believing in and imagining will come next. Let's use our imaginations to imagine the nation we would like to live in. We have so much more power and possibilities than we might think. Let's not give any of our personal power to politicians and governments. Rather, imagine the world you'd like to live in and do a little bit more act of acting as if the beautiful values you are a stand for can, will, and are becoming realities. You may be surprised at what many of us doing that will create. It's a vibration-based universe. Vibrate with the love that you are. I loved that. Um, okay, but with a question I was wondering about Thank was, you. okay, so what do you do different? What's your, like, daily life practice? What tips can we get from you? What do you are you reading <laughs> something? Are you... What? How can I be uh, more like you, Tom? That's what I really uh, well, you are. You are more like me. I mean, I think you know. It's the beauty is that we each are on our our own unique path. And I think if there's anything I can say that I've done a lot of is I've refused to compromise the fact that I'm on a unique path. I have a unique song to sing and a unique dance to do. And you know, I mean that in the figurative sense as well as the literal sense. But mainly, you know, it's like it's like what I do is is I I. I just continue on that path every day of what's my unique manifestation of my creative potential while I'm here in this body. And so I start each day, you know, with meditation, and I have a, a, an altar um, that I, I was taught by a Peruvian shaman um, that I, I say a little ceremony at every morning where I ask each of the four directions, um, Pachamama, the South, Mama Kia, the West, um, Wiracocha, the North, Inti, the East, and Koichi, that's what's within me. I, I pray to each of those each of those places and I sing a song to each of them um, in honor of the beauty that, that life is and that I am part of all that beauty. 
and I ask all those unseen ancestors and relatives to to bless me uh, in this day that I will wake up <laughs> to the fact that um, I don't need to struggle anymore and I don't need to be worried and to wake up to the fact of my personal empowerment and my personal beauty. And then I I, I basically go and do one of the aid meditations, getting into the vortex, mm-hmm. and um, and then throughout the day I'll stop and I'll either go out into nature, I'll... I mean, definitely when it's warmer weather, I will go often then for three or four hours or five hours into nature. Not every day, but maybe four days a week. Um, and I'll take some of my work with me, um, something, you know, that's important to me and to create my business or something I really want to read. But I read a lot of things. Like um, I'm really studying quantum physics a lot because the more I understand about it, the more I realize that we're creating every moment of our reality. And so I want, to, I want to get clear on that. I read a lot about dreams. I read, and I've read a ton about shamanism. I don't consider myself a shaman. I wasn't trained to be a shaman, but I love understanding life from those perspectives. So mm-hmm. between quantum physics and shamanism and, and Abraham, I feel like I have a beautiful um, way forward as a, a sort of always to be on the leading edge of asking myself, what is it to be an infinite being in a human body? You know, what does that mean? You know, because that's, that's pretty infinite. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I in the evening, I, I'll often, I have comedy improv class I go to, and I, I go dancing, if I can, twice a week. And I play a lot of guitar. I have music, regular people I play music with. And um, I write some poetry, and I write mm-hmm. some songs. And, and, um, and, and I do a lot of struggling with, trying to create my new business and letting go of struggle. <laughs> that's basically well, it, my life right there. I That feels like uh, what you said at the top of the call about um, asking yourself the question, how can I dance my way through life with the music and the poetry, the dancing, that certainly feels like you're doing a good job of it. Okay, so what is your business? Since since you brought it up, let's get a let's get some insight on what you're bringing to the world. What can you tell us about what you do? And who you offer it well, to? Well, I'm, I'm currently creating a, a life coaching business, um, and I'm 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 focusing on people who want to be visionaries, um, paradigm shifters, change agents. Um, to one way or another, they feel called to bring alive the manifestation of the way of thinking that I've been describing, the way of understanding life as a you know, the beauty that it is, the gift that it is, and the infinite qualities that it has, and how those, how they can bring that alive in whatever realm they feel called to. You know, if they're a coach, mm-hmm. if they want to teach dance classes, if they want to be a teacher, uh, if they're a parent and they want their children to be raised in this kind of understanding, then I would like to coach them as, you know, an uplifter that, that together we can co-create um, that life that they want to have to sing their unique song and to do their unique dance and to and to manifest the genius that they came here to manifest, you know. That's that. that's my that's the people I want to work with. I I heard I heard I haven't written in my notes. I don't know if it was something someone said to you or if I said it or you said it. But the a coach to light workers that really really lit me up, and that might be part of why I feel so drawn to you myself personally. But, um, okay, so 
Um, I have a couple other questions I want to ask before we get your contact information. What is going on with aliens? Okay, everyone who knows me knows my interview with you is not complete until I ask your take on aliens. You mentioned crop circles earlier. Okay, what's going on with crop circles? Let's start there. Crop circles. What's up? <laughs> well, it's funny. You, I think you were saying that when Abraham was asked, they said that they're they're not created by aliens. They're created by humans. Well, um, they said... I, they might have said some. I don't know if they said all. I don't. I can't exactly remember. And I take some of what. Well, I don't know that Abraham always gets it right 100% of the time. But I yeah. do have questions in my head about aliens and crop circles. Well, I would highly recommend you read the book Daimonic Reality. Have you heard of it? No. D a i m o n i c Daimonic okay. Reality. Um, okay. It's by this guy named Pat. Patrick Harper, H-A-R-P-U-R. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really cool book because it, he basically describes in that book how whether it's fairies or it's aliens or it's um, crop circles or whatever it is that, that we are manifesting these appearances of entities, you might say, other beings of light or whatever they are, we're manifesting them out of our reality, and it is our it is our longing or our anticip our eager anticipation of our connection with our with that realm of the infinite and with that realm of all these other things mm. that are going on in the universe, you know. And that I, it's really cool because I just read a fantastic book about aliens by a, a Harvard um, psychiatrist, which you may have read. Mm. Um, and, you know, he studied them for years and years, and he died recently, and he was also majorly into crop circles. And when you read that book, I mean, it just puts goosebumps up and down your spine throughout the whole thing because he sort of comes to the conclusion from his study and his team, his Harvard uh, psychiatry team study of all these people who have had these alien abduction experiences that this is just simply source trying to talk to us in an elevated way so that we will begin to understand our infinite capacities, you know, that, mm. that we are them, we are them. You know, in other words, and so when you see crop circles emerge and you have Hobie elders and Navajo elders looking at the crop circles and going, oh, those are symbols from our ancient past. You know, those symbols Holy are Christ. still here in our tribe. And you realize that sacred geometry is at the foundation of all of life and that every single crop circle is based on a different number in sacred geometry and you you start looking at it all and you go, this is simply how the entire universe and definitely our world works. You know, it works on these principles and they're simply asserting themselves as these, this experience of aliens is asserting itself is all about us coming back home. You know, it's time for us to quit being so sad and lonely and confused in this universe. You know, we are so freaking connected to so much beauty. And I think the Egyptians knew it, and they were connected to that thing mm -hmm. that we call aliens, you know. And, you know, he he interviews three different um, shaman from three different indigenous tribes who just say, oh, yeah, this is completely in our culture, this stuff you call aliens. And these guys come in in these ships, and they pick us up, and they take us places. And, you know, it's like, but it's also the same is true of the spirits of the north, south, east, and west. You know, it's same as the true of the spirit that brings the rain and the snow, the spirit that brings, 
you know, the sun, every, what is the sun? You know, it's like, it's like all these things are spiritual, you know, in a sense that they're, they're all being created in the quantum world of, of magic, of beauty, you know, and that's, so the alien experience, I think, is just, the way that he put it, he said, it seems there's something that our modern people can relate to more than if fairies showed up or unicorns showed up or, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to speak to the dolphins and the whales or I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. I I can't Mm -hmm. think of all the different forms of, those are what demonic beings are. A a daemon is simply any form of this otherworldly apparition, whether it's a ball of light or a spaceship, you know, that, that is informing us on that level of consciousness where we say magic exists, you know, where we say, you know, the infinite is, we're connecting to the infinite. I just got to say, I am really, I'm getting a strong feel for your connection to seeing beauty in the world because it seems like everything you talk about is more beautiful through your eyes. I'm really enjoying seeing this through your perspective. Um, all right, we're we're almost to the top of the hour, but what what's something if 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 there was just one thing that you would like for everyone to know super solidly that would have a big impact on our lives, what would that be? I think just that you are you are a uniquely beautiful infinite being and go for it. You know, <laughs> just go for that. <laughs> I like that. Go I would for love it. to be dancing. I would love to be dancing with millions and billions of people who knew that they are infinite beings, and they were all here finding out how this planet, this particular place that we decided to incarnate this time, we're finding. I mean, they, they say that this is one of the most unique gems in the universe. This particular Earth that they talk of it as a womb. It's literally a womb for for life. You know, this whole Earth. And what if we? woke up to the fact of how awesome it is, you know, and I mean, I think that's why those aliens are making those crop circles. They're showing us this precision. So anyway, that would be my message. Well, like, let's get into I, our infinite. I, I've also heard that Earth is different, that Earth is exceptional, and I've wondered, I've wondered like why and in what ways, but that might be for another conversation. Hey, Tom, where can people reach out to you or connect with you if they want to get more of your magic? Um, the best way would be to send me an email at Tom Wells, W-E-L-L-S, lifecoaching.com, or um, you could text me at area code 303-908-6935. It's area code 303-908-6935. I'm just in the process of making a website. Jeanette, you've helped me make a little one. I don't know if I should give that out. No, I, it's on not it. a great one. No, I yeah. was just trying to show yeah. how easy no. it is. I was like, Tom, give me your website yeah. once and for all. But, uh, no, yeah, so so his email address, TomWellsLifeCoaching at gmail.com, or you can text him at that number, website coming soon. I'm echoing sentiments in chat room already that we should have you back. <laughs> so, oh, nice. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, well, I, really I pre- appreciate finding all you guys. It's really it's really that, wonderful to be with anybody who's like-minded or who wants to hear, wants to talk about this, you know. It's that's fantastic. how I feel. 
Yeah, what you're bringing to the party feels really um, unique and exceptional to me. At least it's it's ringing all my bells. So thank you for giving us this well, time today. Thank you for um, giving me the time, and thank everyone, and thanks all our ancestors and all those in the unseen realms who are here with us, uh, blessing us in this time. And I'll let other people ask questions next time. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you again, Tom. Big love to everyone, and we'll see you on our next call. Thanks, Jeanette. Big love. Bye, guys. Thank you, Tom. Bye-bye.